Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm Pam Larickia, longtime unschooling mom and author. Join me and my wonderful guests for interviews, information, and inspiration about unschooling and living joyfully with your family. You can find the episode show notes, your free introductory ebook, What is Unschooling?, and lots more information at livingjoyfully.ca. And here's the show. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 177 of the podcast. It's the 22nd of May, 2019, as I record this intro. And this week, I have a super fun conversation with Alyssa Patterson. Alyssa is a 25-year-old grown unschooler, and we dive into her interests growing up, her choice to go to high school for about a year and a half, how she came to open her own business a few months ago, what she appreciates most about growing up unschooling, and lots more. As a personal update, things have been pretty routine around here this week, which is also nice. I'm working away on a couple of things that I'll be able to talk about soon, but still percolating some, but soon. And I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support my unschooling work like this podcast and my website through Patreon. And a big welcome to new patron, Allison McGarry. Hi, Allison. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Their generous support is vital to helping me freely share information and inspiration with anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now let's dive into my conversation with Alyssa. Welcome. I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Alyssa Patterson. Hi, Alyssa. Hi. <laughs> now, how are if, you? Oh, me. I am. I'm really good. I'm really good. This happens to be Mother's Day on the day we're recording. So happy Mother's Day. I, I know. Thank you. You too. <laughs> My four-year-old is outside in the hot tub with his grandpa. Oh, sweet. That's a lovely. It, what's your temperature like there? Um, I want to say like today, it's really weird. Today I think is like, it's kind of cold. I think it's like 69 Ah, yeah, yeah. We're pretty cold here, too. It's like the latest spring we've had in, in a few years, so. Yeah. Well, and especially in the South, like, everyone, it's, like, below 75, and everyone's got a parka on, so. <laughs> Literally, everyone's cold. <laughs> we're just above zero, and we're, like, people running around in shorts. <laughs> yeah, it's a very different world. <laughs> Now, no, uh, and everyone freaks out. Oh, exactly, exactly. I bet we're just yeah. all happily getting our snow tires off at this point. <laughs> now, if Alyssa's name seems familiar to you, it could be because Alyssa's mom, Sue Patterson, has been on the podcast a few times. And I'm so happy that Alyssa agreed to join me and chat about her experience growing up on schooling because I love to get all the different perspectives. <laughs> so yeah. to, get, to get us started, Alyssa, can you share with us a bit about you and your family just to give everybody a starting place in case maybe they haven't heard before? Okay, so I'm the youngest of three. There's three of us and there's Michael, Katie, and then me. 
Um, my sister is in LA and then my brother lives in Dallas with his wife and Katie's with her husband. Um, we were military. So we moved about like every two and a half, three years, um, from Texas all the way to Alaska. So we're kind of from all over the place, (laughs) which was perfect for unschooling just because there was no point in being in school and moving every two years. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so then other than that, I have a four-year-old son named Jackson, which I'm sure my mom posts a million pictures of him. (laughs) Everyone has seen him. He's super famous. Um, and then, yeah, so that's really kind of all of us in a nutshell. My brother works for Boy Scouts. He was in the Peace Corps. Um, I'm a hairdresser, and then my sister does acting. And so we're all very, very different. So I'm sure you'll see them. I'm sure they'll end up on the podcast at one point. And we're just all three very different individuals. So Yeah, no, that that is something that's really interesting. I mean, same with my kids. They've taken very, very different paths. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so cool is seeing how those paths really fit with the individual, right? Mm -hmm. When they can they can choose the way that they're going. So actually that leads very nicely into the next question, which I was curious about what some of your interests were growing up and how you pursued those. So when I was really young, uh, I wanted to be a vet, like hands down. And so one thing about my mom, which if you know her, then it's spot on. And my dad too. Once you say that you are interested in something, they literally dive a hundred and like, I mean like over and like above and beyond. (laughs) So like, so I'll never forget one day we lived, we were in California and I told my dad, I said, I really, I just, I really want to live on a ranch and have all these animals and then it was time to move. And they said, okay, we're going to go live on a ranch and go have a whole bunch of animals. And so we literally bought a 17-acre ranch and had horses and cows and ducks and goats and dogs and cats and all these things. And then when I was really young, I wanted an animal birthday party. So we invited all these people and they all got to bring their animals and like a show and tell about their animals. And so there was lots of stuff like that. Um, and then as I got older... I started getting into my, I always got my Avril Lavigne phase where I was starting to play with my makeup a little too heavy. And uh, um, my mom, again, was at a farmer's market and she met a lady that did mineral makeup and she made the makeup herself. And she was talking about how she really probably needed someone. And at this time, I think I was 13, 14. And so I did a makeup internship with her. And so at 14, I was running this thousand dollar little shop that was just I made makeup all day I went to photo shoots all day I went to fashion shows in Austin and so it was always baffling to people to see like a 14 year old running a fashion show but um so just like little things like that and so then that kind of shifted into my career which it was so funny to everyone that I was this huge tomboy and I literally was like putting horseshoes on and then all of a sudden I'm like putting on eyeliner (laughs) so it was a little complete little flip but um, it's really cool because then now I can, I'm kind of very versatile, so I can kind of do whatever now for sure. Oh, wow. That's, that is really interesting. I love hearing. Do you, do you remember that, that kind of shift? Like what, maybe uh, what sparked it? Yes. So what sparked it was I was, I mean, like literally from being four, probably is the earliest I can remember, I was going to be a vet. Like that was just my four, two, and we moved when I was 13. So 
what happened was we had this horse and I literally can, I'll never forget this. We had this horse and we had something wrong with the horse. And we, when you have big animals, the, there's these special vets that come mm-hmm. to your house, like, cause you can't obviously take them. Yeah. And they had to do something to him. And I literally was like going to pass out. Like I was like, I can't even do it. And then I couldn't deal with the putting animals to sleep and like all of the things that actually came with it. But I was like, I just want to play with them. (laughs) But, um, I think that was a huge shift in it. And then I feel like also culturally, like the music I was listening to and stuff like that, everything really started to shift. Like Avril Lavigne took a really big role in a lot of stuff. And so, more girl power stuff kind of played in some more girly stuff kind of started taking over at that time, I think. Oh, yeah, that's fascinating. And yeah. I love how, how, you know, you said you had that, that experience with the horse and the animals and you realize how much more is involved in that yeah. kind of career path and how cool that you could have that experience, you know, at yeah. that age, by diving in yeah. and getting involved rather than saying, no, you have to wait till you're older. Then you can, you know, do all the schooling or whatever yeah. to become a vet and to then finally realize then when you were hands-on with animals that maybe it wasn't right. the right choice. Yeah, yeah, right. And I mean, like, we did all kinds of stuff. Like, I had my dad, when we were in the military, he, you know, you meet tons of people. Mm-hmm. And so um, they, he met a guy that had cows. And so we did a whole trade. Like, I would give him, my like, a total, like, country I'll give you my firstborn child if you give me this. Like, it was, like, a total, like, switch and stuff. But I mean, I did stuff from like washing my horses to um, doing like almost like birthing calves that were having problems. And so like I've I've literally done everything, which is crazy because I feel like I've got like a vet degree, but I'm not. (laughs) But I'm just like, I feel like I'm a veterinarian, but I'm definitely not. But (laughs) oh, yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I loved hearing about that. Now, I understand that you chose to go to high school for a year and a half or so as well in your yes. years. So I would yes. love to hear how that kind of chapter of your story unfolded, like how that decision came about and what the experience was like for you. So how it came about is it actually started with an argument with my mom <laughs> and we were arguing about something and I just said, you know, I'm just not smart enough. I'm not smart. Yeah. Uh, I was a very, very late reader and had, I probably didn't read until I was like, like really good reading, probably 10 or 11, mm-hmm. honestly. And, um, so I just was like, I'm not smart. I'm not good at math. I don't know my time tables by heart. I don't know this by heart. Like I'm just not smart. And my mom was like, Nope, not going to happen. <laughs> like, here we go. So she, um, literally that afternoon called the high school that was, that we're in district with. And she said, um, I'm sitting right next to like, so we unschool and my daughter is going to come to your high school for a little bit and we're going to do it this way and this, this, that. And so I went to summer school first and it, it was also kind of, I feel like a lot of TV shows played off, you know, so you are in the hallway and you have all your friends and like you're chit chatting and you, you literally only have three minutes in between classes. And if your class is in a hall and you have to get to F hall, like you don't have you, that takes you three minutes like to get yeah. there. So like you don't have time. And so the idea of it was way more glamorized. I feel like, especially in movies and stuff like that. So I think I was kind of like, Oh, it won't be that bad. Like, it'll be great. Like, and I wanted to, I was a big dancer too. And I was like, I want to be on the drill team. So I got on the drill team and everything like that, but I did summer school first. 
and then went straight into school. And, uh, but one thing that was really interesting is that my mom, I, w- I was never like trapped there. So if I ever wanted to go home, I would text my mom and say, okay, I'm done today. Like I can't do it anymore. Like, because it was just, it was very different from me being there voluntarily versus the kids that have been like are forced to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was, it was also interesting because I grew up super unschooled. And so like, it was very interesting and kind of difficult to that teachers were very skeptical of me because I was very open and I'm very confident in talking to adults. Like I'm not intimidated by it. Like it's just another human being to me. Like I'm like, it's fine. I I was like, literally I was like, I'm 15 and I can have a, like a political conversation with you. Like it's fine. And so they just didn't really know what to do with that. I'll never forget. I left my homework at home and I told him, I said, I, I actually left it at home. And he was like, Oh, did you? And I was like, Yes. Like, I don't understand. Like, what? And um, so that was kind of difficult to deal with. And then, um, so that's when it started going almost like downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it was just like lots of ups and downs about that kind of stuff. And then the friend stuff was definitely harder. Um, lots of clicks, especially um, if you have girls, like girls are not nice sometimes. Um, so I definitely went through my fair share of bullying and, um, how to deal with that because it was just very different than the unschool world. And I'm not saying the unschool world doesn't have that too, because we definitely do. Um, but it's very different. And it's, um, when I started going to high school, that's when, um, really social media started taking off. And so it was a lot more, you're way more accessible and like there's pictures of you or there's your status updates or whatever you have. And it's way easier to target individuals that way. Yeah. Um, so there was definitely that. And I think that played a huge role in it. And, um, I just, I thought I wasn't smart enough. And so I ended up being a straight B student, almost a student. Um, I was on the drill team. Um, basically everything I said was proven wrong. And, um, but I think that was just because I just wasn't forced to be there. Like I knew that I just wanted to be there. Um, but I mean, I, it's just different. It's a very different experience for sure. (laughs) So, so how did you decide to leave? You just kind of, did you feel like you had, like you had this, this image of yourself before you went, like you Mm -hmm. said, and then you managed to, you know, do that experience, have that experience. Um, Mm -hmm. so was it, was it that realization that, oh, hey, you know, I, it's not that I'm not smart. It's, and look, they're not hanging, you know, that glamorized version of school that, that you thought you were going to get into. Um, Yeah. So So is it just that? Um, I think it was a combination of things. I start, I wasn't happy. Like Mm -hmm. I wasn't, everything was really hard. Um, you know, like looking over your shoulder to make sure so-and-so wasn't talking about you, especially being on drill team. That was really, really hard because it's just a bunch of girls trapped in a room. Um, but so there was that. And I started having, um, me personally, I felt like I was starting to behave differently. Like I did like, okay, this is how this is handled. And I, my mom's probably gonna be so mad at me for saying this, but I remember I came home from school one day and there was this girl that was giving me a lot of problems and 
I told my mom, I said, mom, I'm just going to have to fight her, like physically fight her because mm-hmm. the school I went to was a little rough. And so, and my mom, like, I'll never forget her face. She just looked at me and she was like, Alyssa Jane. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just, I, I was like, I don't know what else to do. I said, I've tried talking to her. I've tried talking to my coach. I've tried talking to other people and I, this is the only solution. Like, this is it. (laughs) And my mom was like, Nope, we're done. Like we're done. And so there was that. And I just felt like I had also at the time had a very serious boyfriend that I met there and, um, he had graduated before me. And so there wasn't really anything for me there. I was like, I'm not making friends. I'm not, why would I be here if I don't have to be here? I'm not, I remember I was in math class one day and I don't even remember what was going on, but something was going on in the news and it was really big. It was on CNN. I don't know why I remember that, but I was talking to this kid and I brought it up and he was like, how do you know about that? And I remember looking at him and thinking, how do you not know about that? Like it was like so baffling to me, their level of like the outside world outside of the high school, like that they had such little knowledge of common things that were going on. Um, which I think a lot of people are like, I think it's really important that they have that and they don't have it. (laughs) And so me leaving, I think I was just like, I'm just kind of done. Like I've, like you said, I proved myself that I can do it and I can do whatever I want. And I kind of was already just weaning my way out in a way because I just was kind of over it. Yeah, no, all that makes so much sense. It does. Cause I, I know a couple other, um, grown unschoolers that I've talked to have said the same thing, like when they've gone to high school for a while, that, that like you said, you, you get into that environment where there's only so many choices for you and you can't see other ways because in that environment, and it's so insulated too. Like when you see all the points you're making, it, it really speaks to that and how you can find yourself becoming a different person or, or in, in certain ways to fit into that environment if because if you're going to stay there, you want to, I mean, that's the whole, <laughs> when, when you're choosing places to be, you want to you adapt. Fit, adapt there. That's the right word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you you're choosing just, yeah, to be there. Yeah. You just adapt. And, um, that was just not the path or the person that I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, no. And I, re- I will never forget the day we with, got withdrawn. Um, you have to go and meet with the principal. Uh And uh, when you're withdrawing from school and my mom and I went and we sat with the assistant principal and she was just like so baffled that I was leaving. Like, why are you leaving? Like, I don't understand. Like, and my mom is like, she's literally told you numerous times what's going on. Like, this was just an experiment is what my mom just kept saying. She's like, this was an experiment and we're done. And I'll never forget, I brought home my binder, which was this thick with homework and I burned it in the backyard. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was like, I'm not doing it anymore. (laughs) All the busy work. Wow. Oh, that's fascinating. Thanks so much for sharing about that, Alyssa. It's really interesting to hear your experience. Now let's jump forward a few years. And you recently opened your own hair salon, didn't you, right? I did. I opened my own hair studio, which is super exciting. Okay. Uh, Congratulations. It's Blissfully Blonde, right? Yes. Yes. I love that name. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, oh, well. and it's very strategic too. Cause then if people Google blonde, it will pop up. So, um, yeah. yeah so I opened that. I'd love to hear um, how that kind of wove in. So I've done, 
Yeah. So I've done hair for eight years. Uh huh. Um, which this is probably like my favorite topic to talk to people about just because I feel like a lot of, especially when people are new to unschooling or homeschooling or radical unschooling, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, that, um, they get, have this fear about careers yeah, and stuff like that. And so, um, my career, so I've done hair for eight years and, um, I worked at a salon for almost five years. Um, I started working there when I was 20 and, um, I was the director of training. And so I was, um, I looked over, we had eight interns that I was in charge of wow. and training them and everything. And so I was in charge of putting on weekly classes or scheduling stylists to be on weekly classes of like teaching them things because in cosmetology school, they don't teach you anything. <laughs> um, but so there was that. And then I was also really big in the, um, business aspect of it that I helped change the booking system. I was in charge of converting from one system to another system. Um, I was the second highest stylist at the salon. So I made the second highest amount of money. I was the second busiest. Um, I had my own personal two assistants that worked with me. Um, so lots of stuff like that. And then, um, in January I decided to go out on my own. And so, which is probably about the time frame, almost 10 years is usually when you get tired of working for other people (laughs) and so, um, and you figure out how much money you're actually losing. (laughs) And so, um, I did that and it's just been kind of, it's a whirlwind because being self-employed is definitely crazy. Um, especially when you have a baby, (laughs) but, um, it's, it's super cool and I, it's cool to be your own boss and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it sounds like you picked up a lot of, um, like, because you were looking after training, billing. You had picked up a lot of the, all the business side alongside the actual hairstyling itself, right, as you were working. And so it's now moving that for yourself. Just converting it over to my own thing, yeah. Yeah. And so the salon I was at, it was really great because it was a really small salon when I first started. So the owner, she was, it's kind of like a mom and pop kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, the owner was, she was there every day. I mean, she still is. And, um, I really learned a lot from her just because I got to go in there and talk about everything. And I was just like, well, what if we do this? Or what if I tweak this? And what if I do this? And she kind of just gave me free reins and she's like, Oh, why don't you just be in charge of all the training? I said, okay. (laughs) So, but it was great because then I just basically, I was running, I basically became the manager without being the manager. And so it was great because I just, got to do whatever. And so then, like you said, it was just way easier for me to convert that business aspect and what I've learned over to just being with myself. And it's, it's way better just because I feel like I'm more benefiting myself. Yeah, no, that's such a great point. And I'm curious too, because just, just whether or not you've seen that because you've been running the training program um, for people as well. Something that, that I've, heard here and there or you know seen as well that that uh, uh unschooled kids are are more you know to them learning almost like happens 
by them engaging in their day, right? It's kind of your lifestyle. It's what you do. It's what you're, you don't lose so much that curiosity to figure things out, right? As you were saying, when you first started there, you're like, oh, how about this? How about this? And it was Mm -hmm. a great relationship where you could take that and see what happens, right? Um, Versus uh, sometimes kids who've been through the system are more, you know, I'll just sit back and wait to be told what to do. Right. You know, they've lost that spark just because it was never nurtured, right? Whenever they were curious about something, it was, no, you know, we're not talking about that right now. We'll cover that next year, next month, whatever. Their curiosity is always dampened just because of the system, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, not even in a negative kind of way, but because of the nature of the system, the way it works, you can't follow all the different kids' rabbit holes and, and interests right. at the time. So I was wondering, did did you see that at all playing out or? Like with the interns? Yeah, yeah. Um, yes and no, because it was really interesting because I had interns from uh, the age of 18 to 32. And, um, so it was there, I mean, there was a huge age gap and so, but yes and no, like, uh, they, it would just depend because our industry is a very, uh, creative one Mm -hmm. and very free spirited. So like it's yes and no, you can run into that with them, but sometimes more often than not, if they are more like that, where they have been, like you said, dampened or like. I like to say like keeping their creativity or anything like that kept in a box. Like you're not able to leave this box until we have this other box built. Yeah. yeah. Um, you definitely had to, I had to figure out a way cause I was in charge of them. I had to figure out a way to teach them a different way because like, obviously like my way, they couldn't understand my way of being like, it'll be fine. Like everything works out. Like, let's just do it this way. It's fine. Like it's fine. Like, and they're like, <laughs> It's not perfect. Like I didn't do good. That was one thing I really noticed is that a lot of people, a lot of the girls were really hard on themselves um, and really would beat beat themselves up. And I'm the same way. I'm a perfectionist just because you're unschooled doesn't mean you don't have Mm -hmm. character flaws and insecurities and all that kind of stuff. But um, they, they definitely, there was a difference in them just because I could see them literally, or if I'm like, no, that's not right. Or, and I learned, I had to learn how to speak different too, which I think is a big deal. Um, instead of saying, no, that's not right. You did it wrong. Be like, okay, that's great, but let's try it this way. Let's do it this way. And so that way it wasn't a negative put down on them and they were way easier and more they would adapt better to like learning from me mm-hmm. because they were, they didn't feel like they were being shot down every time they had a creative or I tried this and I'm like, that's great, but that's not going to work today. Like I'm glad you figured it out. The next client, I'm sure it'll be perfect. This client, we have to think more this way. And so it was more being more like flexible with everyone and stuff like that. But they do have a very people that have been through the system have a very different way of thinking. And I think that also can be a struggle for parents too, when they're, when they, when them themselves went through the system and they had a traumatic or they're deciding to unschool or looking into it, that it's very hard to readjust. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? Like how, 
Like, I, I mean, just thinking back to when I started, it's, you know, it, it is hard to imagine how it can be different when it's so ingrained in you. And like you said, all those pieces, like from, from the, the creativity um, being dampened um, to, to this is how we learn and how March step. Um, that is in, in the system, et cetera. Like just, it's, it's like opening the box. Right. And it's like, I'm not sure what, what's outside there. You know, it's, it can, it's literally like someone that's been contained in a house and they go outside for the first time (laughs) and they're just like, Oh my gosh, like it's so spacious. Like, yeah, this is life. Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to the outside world. Oh, that's fun. So looking back now, what do you appreciate most about growing up unschooling? Um, I appreciate how I feel like, and it may have just been, you know, unschooling. My mom and I were actually having a debate about this. Unschooling is a way of not only just learning, but raising your children. And um, I think it played, I, I'm so happy with the way I turned out. I feel like I'm a very, way more understanding person because of it. Um, I feel like I think more outside the box because of it. Um, and so it's really benefited me really, really, really well just outside in the like normal everyday life just because I can think quick on my feet about things and I'm super easy. I'm not like so set in my ways about things and stuff like that. And of course, like there are some things that you are, but, um, I feel like I just am really appreciative of how, and my siblings the same. My siblings are very non-judgmental, very compassionate people, and they're very understanding. And I feel like there isn't a lot of that, especially right now in society about people being compassionate and loving and nurturing and understanding. And I think unschooling is the best thing to kind of help re-nourish that flower to try to get it back in our society and um like especially with my son like he's one like the most sweetest like he brought me chocolate covered strawberries in bed this morning and he was like mom happy mother's day (laughs) so um I think that's probably my favorite thing about unschooling and it's not to me it's not so much about I've never been an academic person ever like I've never liked it I've never been an like I learned percentage because I liked shopping and I liked 20% off. And my mom was like, well, what's the math on that? <laughs> and so that's how I learned my math. <laughs> and so um, I don't really think of it as an academic thing. I think of it as a lifestyle and I think of it as creating very unique individual people. And I mean, making them flourish into like who they really truly are. Yeah. Oh, that ties back so nicely into what we were talking about earlier, right? How different even siblings who grew up in the same house, same parents and everything, you know, you know, become who they uniquely are rather than all trying to fit into this, you know, more typical career path, right? Right. Yeah, no. And I love your point about, I think it's because, you know, we as unschooling families, we make the time, um, you know, to live with our children. Like you were talking about, I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, how compassionate and, and understanding and non-judgmental. And I think, I, I think so much of that is because we have the time to, to talk about things, to talk through things, to, you know, look at situations 
and and see the different perspectives involved sure. with the different people, right? Versus, you know, we have to we have to resolve this now. Good, bad, right, wrong, boom, punishment, right. reward, and now we're on to the next moment, right? Right, exactly. And so I think it's just, I just think it's an amazing thing. And I think if you can really, like, if you can, like, get a hold of it as, like I said, not so much as an academic thing, mm-hmm. but literally molding your children into who they truly are, I think you'll be that much more successful at it. Just because I think when you're not putting um, a whole bunch of negative context or like they're not doing so good and not like doing so good on math or reading and stuff like that, it's you, everything we do to our kids is a reflection of who they're going to become and what they're going to do. And so my dad from, I can tell you from since I was born, my dad told me, you treat the janitor the same way that you would treat the man that writes the checks, the exact same. Mm-hmm. And so that I think is so good to remember because it helps you through life and everyone, it doesn't see things the same. And that's the same thing in hairstyle. It's like when you do a color consult, like your purple might be pink to me. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to remember that literally everyone's brain, even if they are your children, is neurologically different. And so it's super interesting. And so it's nice to see that and help those kind of situations grow and then like excel. I love that. I, I love the way you, you brought, brought your hairstyling in because that's absolutely it. What a great example of how we all have our own perspectives, right? And how valuable it is, whether, you know, and we're all people, right? So with unschooling, I, that's the most valuable thing is realizing that our, our kids are people too, just like us. And we all have yeah. important and valuable and our own perspectives in the way we see things and bringing right. All that into the conversation is so valuable in, in every moment moving forward, right? Right. And I think especially with unschooling, like with my career, like I was saying, like it's my job to not everyone can speak hair, right? Like no <laughs> one knows what the cortex is of a hair shaft. Like no one knows what I'm saying when I say that. So it's like it's my job to be able to transform myself to your hair, like what you are trying to say to me, that way I can relate to you. And I think it's really nice because both my siblings too, and both the careers that they chose is it makes it really easy for us to communicate with people because it's easy for us to relate to people and we find common interests or we ask about their lives. And then we're like, Oh yeah. Like I have a sister that lives in LA and she does voiceover acting all the time. And that's how she met her husband. And then all of a sudden we're talking about the bachelor, like, you know what I mean? And we're best friends. Yeah. But it, I think it's really nice because it's helped me advance really quickly. And the one thing that my clients always they used to write tons of reviews when I was at my other salon, they would always say, I feel like I'm not just getting my hair done. Alyssa has advice. She has opinions. She's like, and I'm, when I started, I was like the youngest in the business. And so it was really hard because I was 18 and people would look at me and be like, you're 18 and you're going to do my hair. Yes. I'm going to do your hair (laughs) and you're going to like it. So don't worry. And, um, I, I had this one lady, um, I came home from, I was older. I was probably 20, 21. And I had this lady and she was older and she, um, she asked me, 
um, probably one of the most insulting things that I've ever had someone say to me. And um, it just reminded me of, she asked me that, she's like, so what are you going to do after this? And I said, I'm going to go home. <laughs> like, I was so, like, naive. I was like, what do you mean? I said, are you asking me to, like, go get dinner? Like, I'm so confused. <laughs> and so she was like, no, 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 no. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, looked at me like I was so, like, naive about everything. And she was just like, what are you going to do after hairdressing? Are you in school? Do you go to college? Mm-hmm. What's your plan after this? And I, I was like, whoa, like, oh, my gosh. Like, and so her son uh, is an engineer or like about to graduate and everything like that. And so I remember I went to my boss and I said, I can't believe she said this to me, like all this stuff. And she was like, Alyssa, like you just have to take it with a grain of salt. Not everyone's nice, you know, stuff like that. So later what I've come to realize is that, okay, you're, it's just different and it's hard for that kind of thing. And I make the same, if not more than your engineer son right now. (laughs) And that's fine with me, but it's interesting. And like, I feel like like going back to the unschooling comment is that it's just helped me flourish like better because it's like, I just can adapt easier and make conversations easier. And socially I'm fine. Cause I feel like that's a big concern with people is they're like, are they going to be socially inequipped? No. <laughs> and, um, let me tell you, I'm, I've got tons of unschooled friends and I was never bored when I was unschooled either. <laughs> so, um, I think it's just really helped me grow as like a person and not just academically. Yeah. Yeah. So much about being, just being able to connect with people, right? Like you're saying, seeing things from, from their perspective and, and you know what, let's face it, when you're unschooling too, you hear the more negative judgmental kinds of comments, right? Not only through that, like, like the one that you experienced there, um, you know, judging careers and choices and, and, and it's how you define success, how they define success right? Versus, you know, how we have um, taken the time to process through and realize, you know, and it's not even that you judge, you just understand, right? Where their choice, where the way they're looking at the situation, you know, she's probably, oh, you're so incredibly competent at what you're doing, you should be doing something better. You know what I yeah. mean? So there's yeah. this underhanded compliment. In there. Yeah. And I feel like, especially in my industry, a lot of people think it's very vain and it's very, you know, but to like, there is definitely that side of it, but there's a whole, there's chemistry, there's math, there's all kinds of things. There's, I hated, hated geometry. I hated math. And there's, I went to a Vidal Sassoon school, which is all geometrical shapes. All of it. Oh, yeah. Like, so I'm like, Great. No, problem. <laughs> no problem. But I think it also, like you said, it just made me way more compassionate. And I'm like, it's not that I'm looking down on someone, but it's just like, I feel bad that you can't think outside the box and see the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Like there's a bigger picture than, you know, people that are groomed through the system that, you go to 12 years of school and then you go to four years of college and then you maybe go to med school or, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it, I think it's just kind of a weird balance. And so that's why I think 
unschooling is so great. Like every unschooler I've ever met has just been one of the most compassionate human beings. And don't get me wrong. There are some that are not so compassionate, but <laughs> they're cause everyone's human, but they're like, they're just way more understanding and like way more easier to relate to people or in everything like that. And some are really quirky and some are not really quirky and how they do it. But um, I think it makes a huge difference. Yeah. And they're all, they're all such lovely individuals uh-huh. in themselves, right? They bring yes. themselves, they feel exactly. bring themselves to the moment. That's what's cool. So you got to exactly. Yeah. Oh, you were going to say something? Uh, well, I was going to say like, I think it, unschooling really, like I was saying, grooms you to who you actually are. And I feel like the system grooms you to what they think you need to be. Mm-hmm. No. So that, that's why it's so different when you meet unschoolers, you can tell because you're just like, something is just different when you're talking to even unschooled parents. And like, it's like, it's just different because they are, it's like almost like a foreign person, I feel like, because that's how I felt when I went to high school is that when I would talk to people, I'd be like, I, I can't even relate to you. And we're the same age. Like I have nothing in common. Like I literally felt like I was talking to someone that speaks Russian to me. And I was just like, I have no idea what you're saying, like at all. And so I think unschooling is just way more beneficial to individuals like that because it helps you really be who you are yeah because because the language that you're speaking the language that you were speaking and bringing in was <clears throat> i think you know more of a a human based like individual like yeah. person you know been out in the world you know right. and bringing your whole self there versus the language of the system which serves them well while they're at school right right but you know, once they get out, you, you know, then then the whole discovering themselves, you know, finding themselves because they've had to suppress who they are as an individual. Right. If they take that time, if they, you know, it could be 10 and 20 years later, even, you know, right. crisis, all that kind of stuff where they followed that path to use that language the way they're supposed to only to eventually realize, like, does this really fit me? Who am I right. really? What do I really like? Right. And I'm so glad that you said like late development and stuff like that, because that was something I actually noticed a ton. I told my mom to say that I was like in cosmetology school, I was the youngest in the class. Um, but the, I had, t- I had people from 18 when I went to 41 in the class yeah. and it was so, it was so shocking to me. I, cause I, they, I had one girl that I was really good friends with. She's like, yeah, I have a master's and and hospitality and all this stuff and planning and all this stuff. And I was like thinking to myself, I'm like, you are just now figuring out who you are at 25. Like, I remember just being so shocked. I was like, and then the ones that were older, I was like, oh my gosh, like you, one, you wasted all that money. Like, but two, I was like, it was just shocking that it was, they, and it was almost sad to me that they couldn't be who they actually are. And, um, I'm, I'm still friends with some of them and a lot of them aren't even doing hair anymore and they, but they have just changed who they are because they finally are finding themselves and finding their niche and getting in their groove. And now I feel like that's why a lot of people say your thirties are the best because they don't have enough time to figure out who they are in those earlier developmental years. Mm -hmm. And so by the time you get to your thirties, 
you've got it down. Like, you know what you're doing. You've made all the mistakes. You've gone to college. You've dropped out of college. You've changed your major six times. Like, there's lots of things. And so I think when you hit your mid-30s, you finally are who you are. But with unschooling, we help them find who they are sooner. And so then they just take off when they are in their 20s. Like, I'm 25, and I make over $100,000 a year, and I'm self-employed. And I have a beautiful son and I have an amazing family and it's just getting better. It's, I'm not having to hustle through things anymore, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, that's such a great point. Such a great point. Because, you know, even like you said, you know, you had the vet and and then, you know, to, to make up and then here, like I, I, what I love about unschooling, the way I see it is we have these twists and turns in our journey but with unschooling you're free to make those um twists I guess but but earlier because they're really you they're not like blind blind alleys that you go because somebody else told you to go there that you're supposed to make this turn then you're supposed to do this you know and and I just feel like there's so many more um misturns or more changes that that kids and as young adults and, and adults need to make as they finally discover what works best for them. Whereas with unschooling, we're helping right. as parents, we're helping our kids figure that stuff out on supporting them as they figure it out on their own because you're exploring yourself, right? You're exploring your interests. You're exploring the things that you like, your personality, the the self-awareness that you gain from that and how that meshes with the world and how you can be in the world. Um, It just, there's so many less false starts and, and misturns, you know what I mean? Yeah. Less obstacles. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. So I'm just curious um, about your plans for the next year or two. Oh man. Um, well, I just got a, um, so I have my studio and I grew out of it already. So I actually had to upgrade to a bigger studio, which I wasn't planning on having to do till next year, Yeah, but it's okay. Um, and so there's that. And then I'm going to buy a house and, um, that, that I don't, I'm not a big planner. I don't yeah. really, I kind of, I'm, I'm way more go with the flow and it'll everything like I want to go on a trip and I want to do this. And so I'm kind of more of a spur of a moment person, but my one main plan is that I know I'm going to buy a house. So that, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds like, uh, sounds like a lot of fun. I love the idea of, of going with the flow. I, that's something I learned. I was a huge planner. <laughs> you know, step, step, yeah. step. That's something that I learned through moving to unschooling and going with my kids. And I learned from watching them because when mm-hmm. they didn't have to plan five steps down the road, like I felt I needed yeah. to, I needed to see the answer and then choose the steps to get there. Whereas they could say, huh, you know what? This next step or two looks really good for me. I'm going to do that. And then yeah. look up and see, right? So following more the flow of where things going rather than a predetermined path. I love that point. <laughs> yeah, and I think it. I think it's also good because kids kids are very 
easily distractible. And so I think it's easy to dabble in this for a little bit and dabble in this for a little bit and dabble in this for a little bit. But I don't think there's anything wrong with dabbling because I feel like that's where you find your niche and that's where you find what works. And like, I obviously was not going to be a vet because I could not do it. But (laughs) little things, if I hadn't dabbled in it, and done all these things, then I would have still thought it. And then I would have gone to school to be a vet and it would have been devastating. And, um, there, I think a lot of people are like, no, we need to have a plan. This is what you're going to do. Especially when you are new to unschooling, I feel like, because they don't, that's what they, that's their mentality. That's That's what they've been taught for years and groomed to think. And, um, I think they are like, well, how are they going to ever decide what they want to do if they've got all their hands in all these different things? And I'm like, I, I would go to conferences with my mom and I would talk to certain parents and I'd be like, you have to look at maybe the similarities of what they're dabbling into because it's like, okay, well, maybe they're really into Legos and then they're really into technology and then they're really into this. Maybe they're going to be an electrical engineer or an architect or, you know, something to do with building or something, you know, something. And so I think you have to look at the similarities and then you can help them because you can present more Mm -hmm. and different things that they, that they don't even know about that. You're like, Oh my gosh, did you see this? Like, and then they're like, Oh my gosh, it's my two favorite things combined. (laughs) And And then it's this too. And so I think that's where, dabbling comes in and it's a huge, 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 huge thing for everyone. Oh, I love that because it's so true because when you're dabbling, you can find the little piece that it was that that drew you to it, right? So you're paying, oh, like, so I was drawn to this. I'm really, I'm enjoying it, but there's these aspects that I don't like, but here's the thing that I discovered I love about it. And so now I'm going to go over here because I got that piece and there's some other stuff that I think about like, that's that's such a beautiful way to describe all those little twists and turns we were talking about as you discover um, the things that you like. And like you said, put them together to kind of hone in on what's going to have even more of all those aspects that you love, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> so last question, Alyssa, as a grown unschooler, what piece of advice would you like to share with unschooling parents who are just starting out on this journey? Um, welcome. Um, it like you, I honestly, and I'm not one to like blow smoke or anything like that, but I just think it's one of, it's one of the greatest things that people that we are lucky to actually be able to do. Um, you know, there are some, like some States where it's a little bit more frowned upon and depending on where you are, obviously, Um, but I think my advice would be, um, just because I've seen it and I've had friends that go through it is, um, make sure when you are raising your kids, cause it's a way of raising your children, um, that you are not putting your fears and insecurities onto them. Um, and by that it's not, it's more of like, I've seen people be like, oh, they're not. They're, they're not going to be nothing. Not, I've never heard anyone say it, but it, they've implied it. It's not, it's not hard to miss that they're not going to get asked to prom or they're not going to get asked to, or they're not going to be popular or they're not going to have all these things. And you have to, as an adult, I think you have to acknowledge that those are your fears. They don't know those things. They don't. And so I think it's our job when they're little to protect them from those things. And, um, 
being popular isn't that great sometimes. And, you know, there's a lot of negative things about, I didn't, I went to high school, I didn't even get asked to prom. No one asked me. So there's not just because of that, but I think those are yours. And like we were talking earlier about, they are their own individual person, whether, you know, whether they're, it's a boy, it's a girl, transgender, whatever. They are their own individuals. And so you have to accept that you have yours and they're going to have theirs. And I use this analogy with my mom. She was having, she asks me questions every once in a while when she has people, she's like, I don't know how to respond about this preteen situation. I was like, you have to think about this. I said, social media, like I said earlier, has taken off in a way that they're constantly accessible, that they are it's, it's crazy how much access people have to each other now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's, it's insane. And so you have to think about it, this, especially preteens, because I feel like I'm noticing a lot of people pulling their kids out of school, um, at 10 or 12. And they're really, I've talked to people that are really struggling with it just because they're 12 years old. Don't think they're going to make any friends or anything like that. You have to be very patient and understanding because they are they are literally the way that I put it with my mom is I was like, they are literally going to war every single day with their own mental, if they have their own insecurities that they're beating themselves up on or anything. And they have people literally throwing darts at them all day long because they have so much access. And so they are in a battlefield essentially. And I said, the last thing that they need is their parents throwing darts from the back. And, and they're, it's very sad, but it's very true. And the thing is, is they're not even mean, malicious things that we're like doing, but I think you have to take a step back and acknowledge maybe they don't want to be popular. Maybe they don't want to go and be social. Maybe they don't want to go to prom. Maybe, you know, their sexuality is different or anything. And I think it's very big to let help them. And a lot of people are like, it's my job to keep them on the right path or the good path. And I I completely agree that it's your job to keep them safe and everything like that. But it is your job to keep them on their path because their path is the good path for them. And so it's your job to help them on their path. And just because their path may twist and whine a little bit differently than yours, it's theirs. And so you have to just be really understanding and supportive and I think really listen to them because I feel like, especially in the system, I feel like a lot of kids weren't listened to when they would say things. And um, I've seen a lot of people go down some really, really dark paths and some people not make it out because they weren't listened to. And so, um, which is really hard and no one should have to go through that. And so um, I think it's very important to listen And I feel like a lot of people, I've seen tons of quotes about it, is a lot of people listen. So um, what is it? They listen to react and um, not to understand. Mm -hmm. Or it's listen to respond instead of understand. And I think that speaks volume, especially when you're in a transition like this, because it is a very, people think it'll be easy. Like who doesn't want to just stay home all day? It's very hard. It's very hard for your kids, and I th- and I know it's hard for the parents too because some of the kids get rebellious and they have attitude and they've got hormones going on and they have all these other things. But I think that's where the compassion needs to come in. You need to be more understanding, more listening, and especially in the transition, do what they want to do. 
it's not why fight them like if you're trying to do something and create them and help them build and stuff like that help them and listen and talk about it and really weigh in their opinions because they have a say it's their life my goodness Alyssa that was (laughs) that was wonderful I love that and that is such a huge challenging part of the de-schooling process I think it's that unwinding of that yeah that view of what we what we imagine our children or who we imagine our children to be versus who our child is right exactly I think that it starts with you I think it starts with the parent like you have to recognize your views versus their views and And once you do this is so important right Yeah. And once you do that, I think you will have, it's going to be shocking how much, what kind of doors will open just from acknowledging your fears, your projection that you're projecting on your kid. And, um, they may not be scared or they may not, you know, they might not be ready or maybe don't pull them out right away and do unschooling. Unschooling is not for everyone. Like I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's not. If, and sometimes I've had, I had one girl that was just so in school and she was so into it. And I said, why don't you just go to a one day Academy? Why don't you baby step and help them? Don't just shell shock them, <laughs> you know, it, and listen, if this is something they really want and they're really passionate about, then you need to compromise because like I said, it is their life. Exactly. Well, and it is their life. That's that, that is the entire point you're trying with unschooling. We're trying to give them that power to be fully engaged in their life, to be making those choices and learning from them and discovering, discovering themselves and what they like and, and how they like to learn and their personality. Like, all that kind of stuff. We want to help them do it now versus waiting till they're out of school, they're out on their own. All of a sudden, there's like all these other responsibilities in the world while they're trying to figure themselves out at the same time, because this is the first time they've ever been on their own. Like, I mean, I remember that first year of university and people, the other, the other kid, I mean, it was crazy how, unprepared they were to just be on their own because they've never had that or experienced that or made their own choices before. Right. Um, right. So it was like, it was like, you know, that rubber band that you pull and they just boom off. <laughs> yeah, off like slingshot out of the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, I mean that, that was spectacular. I had goosebumps listening, Alyssa, because uh, that, that is such, such a, a huge aspect, but entirely worth it. That, that is going to be, I think one of the most important parts, right? Because once you can right. see your kid and as the individual they are and be listening to them and be working with them to accomplish what they want versus what we would like for them. Because sometimes, especially when we're first getting started, we can't tell the difference between those things. Like you said, it should be so easy for us to all be home, right? To leave school or to not go to school. And we have all this time. We can just do all the fun things we wanted to do. But who knows? Like, were those fun things that I think we should do because that's what 
you know, families like to do. Oh, families, of course, we should want to travel. And of course, we should always want to go out and go to parks and, you know, do these do these extracurricular classes and all this kind of stuff. This dream that we have in our mind about what it's going to look like if we don't have school in the picture can be very different from what our kids actually want to do. So us teasing that that out for ourselves, um, understanding what are our expectations, understanding what we've just absorbed as right. what we should be doing, you know, and then discovering who our child is. So often I say, you know, spend those first few months just hanging out with your kids and discovering who they are and what they like to do. And they're going to be doing that too, right? When they, right. when, especially if you're, it's a shift in your lifestyle, if you're having a big change coming from school or even coming from a more conventional mindset, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that they too are going to have so much adjusting to do from on the academic side, maybe, but also on that parenting side and that shift to exploring right. and that shift to being able to express themselves, you know, when they're asked what they want to do. Like, oh my God, it, it's, yes. Well, I think that's a big thing too, is that a lot of people don't, um, I'm glad you said that, that. Um, a question I feel like a lot of people, parents don't ask is what do you want to do? Yeah. And they say, this is what we're going to do. And there's a huge difference and you're going to see a huge difference just by changing those words. Because when you make them believe that they actually have a say, it's shake, it's shell shocking to them in that. And so they are just like, oh my gosh, like I can actually say like, I want to sleep till two okay. Like, that's okay. It's okay to sleep till two. And I see lots of people arguing about that. It's okay. <laughs> I slept till two for a long time. And, um, I think it's a big deal when you start asking them, what do they want to do? And I think that's a huge first step in unschooling is because it's about them. And so what, what do you want to do? I love that. And what a great place to end. <laughs> what do you yeah. want to do? Yeah. What do Thank you. So much, Alyssa. It was so lovely to speak to you. I appreciate. I know. I was so excited. My mom was like, "Pam wants to talk to you." I was like, "Oh, okay." (laughs) (laughs) Me about what? (laughs) Oh, that was awesome. I loved hearing more about your experience and and your insights. You really you've thought about it, and I really appreciate you sharing what what you've seen uh, from your perspective as well. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for giving me a platform to speak. Oh, yay. And before we go, in case other people have have some questions for you or would like to connect with you, where's the best place for them to? They can can find me on Facebook. It's real easy. Just Alyssa Patterson. And if you're friends with my mom, Sue Patterson, you can't miss me. I'm tagged (laughs) in everything. I'm all over that place. I'm like literally all over. <laughs> so you can't miss me. I'm more than happy. And I always tell my mom this too. Even if it's not for parents and your teenager needs someone or your preteen, your sons, because I think I specifically because I have a son, like their boys go through the same things that girls go through. And I think it's very important that they have someone. And then I was like, I have such a plot. I'm so lucky that I have such a platform that I have a successful career. I've been married. I've been divorced. I've been, I have a baby. I've done every, I feel like I've done so much. And I was like, I literally feel like I'm 35 and I'm 25, but it's fine. Um, But if you just need someone, you're like, I'm just not getting through to my 16 year old daughter 
or I'm not getting through to my 12 year old or even younger. Like I, I really, really love speaking to kids and helping them figure out ways to do things. And sometimes it's better for them to have someone that they can look at and they're like, Oh, well she, she's okay. Cause I think a lot of kids get really nervous because they're like, I don't want to be weird, like be unschooled and be weird. And it's nice to have someone that can be like, everything's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, Facebook is probably the best way. Just write me on messenger. Um, you, your kids, I don't care either or, um, and I'm more than happy to help anyone I can. That's so sweet. Thank you so much, Alyssa. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also enjoy the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to check out my book, The Unschooling Journey, A Field Guide. Inspired by Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey Framework, the book is a weave of myths, contemporary stories, and tales from my own journey. It's not a how-to book. No two paths through the world of unschooling have the same twists and turns. Yet, having a general sense of where you are on your journey can bring valuable insight as you navigate the challenges that will inevitably appear. Remember, you are the hero of your story.